Trish Williams, author of While They're Still Here. I am so very pleased to be talking with you. I love the title of the book. I love the book. Why did you decide to write While They're Still Here? I have to say it wasn't really a decision. It was more an evolution. Um, I moved my parents across the street from me, and they had been here a few years in the Northwest, and we had a terrible winter storm. And we were without electricity for six days. And my parents were just troopers through it. Um, They were kind. They were patient. They worried about other people. Uh, My friend pitched in and helped. It, It was just one of those situations where everybody becomes their best self. And so I scribbled notes down about it just to share with my brother. So I'd remember the details and be able to tell him afterwards. And then I just kept scribbling. And I read them. After I had a few pages, I read it to my partner, now my spouse, and she loved it. And so it kind of inspired me just to keep a journal, which was all it was in the beginning. And then it evolved into more. What caused you to take that moment and then decide I need to move my parents in close to me after experiencing that that time together? Well, they were already here when that happened. Um, but prior to that, um, I moved them here in 2003, and that um, storm was in 2006. But prior to that, um, beginning in about the year 2000, I was flying back and forth to Florida often to take care of them because my father had lost most of his eyesight. And my mother had degenerating joints and a problem with alcohol. And I just watched them struggle trying to be independent and to do everything like they always had, and it just wasn't working anymore. And so I offered to them that if they wanted to move to the Northwest, I would make it happen, and I would do everything in my power to help them, never really expecting them to ever just say, okay, let's do it. And then one day my sister called and said, I'm so happy Mom and Dad are moving to Olympia. And I didn't know they had decided to. So it was a bit of a surprise. So I flew to Florida and spent three months there and packed them up um, and moved them here. What what were the other long-term care options available to them where they lived in Florida? There wasn't a, a bus system. There wasn't transportation where they lived. Um, Their only option really was to come here. And so you chose to move them close to you and actually right across the street from you. How how did that come about? Well, they were very ill, and I didn't expect them to live a full year, and I didn't think they could live on their own. But I also knew they couldn't afford to to be in any kind of um, care facility. And I didn't have room in my house for them. So it seemed like an option was to have them as close as possible so that I could be very, very available. 
Um, but they would still think they were independent. And thankfully, there was an apartment available across the street from me. Um, and my parents had been here visiting enough that they knew the neighborhood. Um, and so when I showed them pictures of it, it seemed like a very good solution to them also. Did you have to make home modifications to make the house, the apartment more accessible? The modifications all came over time. A crisis would happen, and then I'd see, oh, no, something different has to happen. Um, my mother fell and could no longer get in and out of bed, and so I immediately had to get her a hospital bed and bed rails and a trapeze so she could get in and out. And then I realized that they could not safely get in and out of a bathtub anymore. And thankfully, the landlord let me install a walk-in shower for them. Oh, that was great. Yeah. So, so once you settled in and you made the house more accessible, um, what did you do to look for advice? Did you consult any resources, books, experts? You talk to the doctors? Um, lots and lots of doctors. And here um, in Washington, at the time in 2003, we had a fabulous VA system. It got a little bit more overwhelmed as um, needs increased after the Gulf Wars. But in 2003, um, there was still a lot of help. And they had a blind, an inpatient blind rehab facility. And my dad went for six weeks, and that changed everything. He was much more able to function after that program. So that was really helpful. And they gave us um, lots of help at home. Um, he got a CCTV. He got all kinds of visual help from the VA. And then um, in Thurston County, we have a very good council on aging, and they were really helpful. And as my parents' needs increased, they offered um, help with some home care, so housework and laundry I, I was able to get help with as time went on. Did they have an active role in their own health care decisions? How, how did that power dynamic work? I think that they've trusted me. Um, because I had been involved in medical care to some degree because of dental hygiene, and over time as their needs increased, I think they just began to trust me. And so what I was able to do was present options, and we would talk about the possibilities for things so that they felt like they could make choices. But I really did trust them to make their best choices also. So there, I guess it was just mutual trust that grew over time. And I had the good fortune of my parents both having very good brains until the very end. They never had dementia of any kind. And they were very good troubleshooters all the way through. So the big caregiving question, of course, is did you find the ability to carve out time 
for yourself as your um, their needs of your time grew? I can't say that I did carve out time for me, but the, my time changed. Because they were here in my neighborhood and my closest friends are here in my neighborhood, they got very involved with my parents. They had adopted my parents as their own. And so our family events, Christmas and birthdays, involved all of my friends. So we were all together in that way. But the thing that changed that I never expected was I didn't need as much time to myself because I loved my time. I'm not going to cry. Sorry. I loved my time with my parents. That is, that is lovely. Briefly describe a day in the life as you care for your parents. Um, I always, the first thing on the agenda was a, a check-in. I always knew what was going on with them by 8 o'clock and tried to have anything I really had to have done that day done by then so that emergencies could happen because emergencies happened all the time. But if they didn't check in or if I didn't see them, then, you know, my adrenaline was going to shoot through the roof. But um, I would go over every morning and check in on them, see what they needed, plan our appointments, plan grocery shopping. My, my time was really spent with them. And I would come home for lunch, um, do a few things, mow my lawn, do whatever I needed to do, but then check back in with them later in the day. So my, my life for those 10 years that I cared for them really did revolve around them. And I was lucky that I could do it. I didn't work. I was already retired. I didn't have children to take care of. My parents appreciated everything I did. And what advice do you have for other family caregivers going through what you did, which is bring their parents close and, and be involved in their day-to-day life? Well, it sure presents crises to know what's going on every day and to see the need and to get them to the doctor before things go bad and to prevent problems, there's really a lot of value in that. And in having the relationship where your parents are comfortable um, telling you what's going on, where they know their needs are going to be met, is really helpful. But I, I think it has to be an individual decision. Not everybody can have a relationship with their parents. Not everybody had a childhood where there were some good parts and not everybody can just start over. I think everybody's everybody's experience will be different. What would be the one single most important piece of advice you'd like to share with family caregivers? I would say don't have expectations and don't think you did something wrong, always trust 
that everybody's doing the best they can. It may look terrible, but but you've got to know that everybody's doing the best they can. <laughs>